0: CHAPTER FOUR OF THE YELLOW DOVE BY GEORGE Gibbs. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. RECORDING BY TONY OLIVA. DANGEROUS SECRETS Once within the borders of her father's estate, and hidden in a clump of bushes near the hedge, all idea of flight left Doris's head. She was home, and the familiar scene gave her confidence from the middle of her clump of bushes grew a spruce tree and into it she quickly climbed until she reached a point where she could see the figures in the road beside the quivering machines she had not been followed the five men were gathered around cyril who was protesting violently at the outrage they had not missed her yet Stryker was on his knees beside the stricken wheel come now she heard the leader saying you're not to be hurt if you'll give em up why old chap you're mad cyril was saying coolly i was thinking you wanted my watch you chased me twenty miles in the dead of night and then asked me for cigarette papers you're chaffin what you'll find out soon enough said the tall man gruffly off with his coat Jim." now search him cyril made no resistance doris could see his face quite plainly he was smiling rum go this he said with a puzzled air i only smoke med cigarettes you know but they searched him thoroughly even taking off his shoes i say stupid! she heard him laugh you're ticklin shut up dear you said the tall man with a scowl righto said cyril cheerfully but you're wasting time they found that out in a while and the leader of the men straightened suddenly he gave a sound of triumph the girl he cried and rushing to the limousine threw open the door gone he shouted excitedly she can't be far find her he rushed around the rear wheels of the limousine and for the first time spied the gate in the hedge "'Tricked, by God! In after her! Some of you!' "'It won't do a bit of good,' remarked Cyril. He was sitting in the dirt of the middle of the road, near the front wheels of the machines. "'She doesn't smoke, old chap. Bad taste, I call it. Got a lady mixed up in a hunt for cigarettes. "'Besides, she's almost home by this. "'The house isn't far. She lives there, you know.' in her tree doris trembled she was well screened by the branches and she heard the crackle of footsteps in the dry leaves as the searchers beat the bushes below her but they passed on following the path toward the house as the sounds diminished in the distance she saw cyril still seated on the ground leaning against the front wheels of the touring car while he argued and cajoled the men nearest him helping himself by a wheel as he arose he faced the tall man who had come up waving his revolver and uttering wild threats it won't help matters calling me by a lot of names said cyril brushing the dust from his clothes you want something i haven't got that's flat i hope you're satisfied not yet They'll bring the girl in a minute. She can't have gone far." Cyril glanced around him carelessly and brushed his clothes again. He had discovered that Stryker had put on the spare wheel and was parleying with one of their captors. Oh, very well. Have yer way. What more can I do for you? If you don't mind, I'd like to be going on. You'll wait for the girl here. Doris watched Stryker skulking along in the shadow of the limousine she saw him reach his seat heard a grinding of the clutches and a confused scuffle out of which his blond hair disheveled his shoulders coatless cyril emerged and leaped for the running board of the moving machine you forgot to search the limousine she heard him shout the tall man scrambled to his knees and fired at the retreating machine while the others jumped for the touring car it had no sooner begun to move than there was a sound of escaping air and an oath from the chauffeur a puncture someone said and doris heard a volley of curses which spoke eloquently of the sharpness of cyril's pocket knife doris in her hiding place breathed a sigh of relief cyril had gotten safely off and his last words had created a diversion in the camp of the enemy they were working furiously at the tire but she knew that the chance of coming up with cyril again that night was gone now that the affair had resulted so favorably to cyril she began to regret her imprudence in remaining to see the adventure to its end cyril had played for time and if she had followed his instructions she could have gotten far enough away to have eluded her pursuers by this time in all probability she would have been safe beneath the parental roof the worst of it was that cyril thought her safe the packet in her glove burned in her hand beneath her somewhere between her refuge and the house were two men and how to pass them with her precious possession, became now the sole object of her thoughts. Cyril had told her that the packet must under no circumstances fall into the hands of their pursuers, and the desperateness of his efforts to elude them gave her a renewed sense of her importance as an instrument for good or ill in Cyril's cause, whatever it might be now that cyril had gone she felt singularly helpless and small in the face of such odds for a moment she thought of hiding the packet in the crotch of one of the branches where she might come and reclaim it at her leisure and go down and run the chance of being taken without it but the unpleasantness which might result from such an encounter deterred her and so she sat her chilly ankles depending, awaiting she knew not what. She had almost reconciled herself to the thought of spending several hours in this uncomfortable position when the tall man in the road blew a blast on a sporting whistle, and soon the passing of footsteps through the gate advised her that the men inside the grounds had returned. This was her opportunity and without waiting to listen she dropped quietly down on the side of the tree away from the gate and stealing furtively along in the shadow of the hedge made her way as quickly as possible in the direction of the house out of breath with exercise and excitement when she reached a patch of trees at the edge of the lawn she stopped and looked behind her then she blessed her luck in coming down when she did for she saw the thin ray of a pocket-light gleaming like a will-o'-the-wisp in her place of concealment and knew that the search for her was still on fear lent her caution she skirted the edge of the wide lawn in the shadow of the trees running like a deer across the moonlit spaces always keeping the masses of evergreens between her and the wicket gate until she reached the flower-garden where she paused a moment to get her breath. A patch of moonlight lay between her and the entrance, and the hedge was impenetrable. There was no other way. She bent low and hurried forward, trusting to the good fortune that had so far aided her. Halfway across the open she heard a shout and knew that she had been seen. There was nothing for it but to run straight for the house. So, catching her skirts up above her knees and scorning the garden path, which would have taken her a longer way, she made straight for the terrace, the main door of which she knew had been left open for her return. Across the wide lawn in the bright moonlight she ran, her heart throbbing madly, the precious yellow packet clutched tightly against her palm, out of the tail of her eyes she saw dark forms emerge from the bushes and run diagonally for the terrace steps in the hope of intercepting her but she was fast and she blessed her tennis for the wind and muscle to stand the strain she was much nearer her goal than her pursuers but they came rapidly their bulk looming larger every moment she saw the lights and knew that servants were at hand her father too was in the library for she saw the glow of his reading lamp she had only to shout for help now and someone would hear her she tried to but not a sound came from her parching throat with a last effort she raced up the terrace steps pushed open the heavy door and shut and bolted it quickly behind her then sank into the nearest piece of furniture in a state of physical collapse doris mather did not faint an act which might readily have been forgiven her under the circumstances her nerves were shaken by the violence of her exercise and the narrowness of her escape and it was some moments before she could reply to the anxious questions that were put to her then she answered evasively peering through the windows at the moonlit lawn and seeing no sign of her pursuers in a few moments she drank a glass of water and took the arm of wilson her maid up the stairway to her rooms after giving orders to the servants that her father was not to be told anything except that she had come in very tired and had gone directly to bed for the present at least cyril's packet was safe in her dressing room wilson took off her cloak and helped her into bedroom slippers not however without a comment on the bedraggled state of her dinner dress and the shocking condition of her slippers but doris explained with some care that mr hammersley's machine had had a blow-out near the wicket gate that she had become frightened and had run all the way across the lawn all of which was true it didn't explain mr hammersley's deficiencies as an escort but wilson was too well trained to presume further a little sherry and a biscuit and doris revived rapidly while the maid drew her bath she locked cyril's cigarette papers in the drawer of the desk in her bedroom and when she was bathed and ready for the night she dismissed wilson to her dressing-room to wait within call until she had gone to bed alone with her thoughts her first act was to turn out her lights and kneel in the window where she could peer out through the hangings it was inconceivable that her pursuers would dare to make any attempt upon the house but even now she wondered whether it would not have been wiser if she had taken her father into her confidence and had the gardeners out to keep an eye open for suspicious characters but the motives that had kept her silent downstairs in the hall were even stronger with her now she could not have borne to discuss with her father who had an extraordinary talent for getting at the root of difficulties the subject of cyril's questionable packet of cigarette papers she was quite sure from the adventure which had befallen them tonight and the mystery with which Cyril had chosen to invest the article committed to her care, that Cyril himself would not have approved of any course which would have brought the packet or his own actions into the light of publicity. The Packet of Cigarette Papers. With the last scrutiny of the landscape, she pulled the shades and hangings, so that no ray of light could reach the outside of the house, then groped her way across the room. A thin line of light beneath the door of her dressing room showed that Wilson was still there. So she took the precaution of locking that door as well as the others leading to the upstairs hall, then went to her desk and turned on her lamp. She unlocked the drawer of the desk and taking the small object gingerly in her fingers scrutinized it carefully it was yellow in color quite new bound with a small rubber band a very prosaic a very harmless-looking object to have caused so much excitement and trouble to all who had been concerned about it she turned it over and stretched its rubber band snapping it thoughtfully two or three times now, for the first time since Cyril had given it to her, did she permit herself to think of the hidden meanings the thing might possess. In the machine, during the chase, Cyril had won her unreservedly to his side, as against the mysterious men of John Rizzio, Cyril's cause had been the only one to be considered she had been carried off her feet and there hadn't been time to think of anything but the real necessity of acceding to cyril's wishes in getting the small object to a place of safety then it had only been a packet of cigarette papers a mere package of riz la croix which everybody for some reason or other seemed to want now weighed lightly in her hand the seclusion of her room gave it a different character she recalled cyril's bantering tone at having been chased twenty miles for a cigarette but his attitude deceived doris no more than it had his pursuers there was material here for something more deadly than cigarettes She took the yellow packet in both hands and pressed it to her temples as though by this act she could pass its secrets into her own brain. In spite of herself, she was frightfully curious and frightfully afraid. She got up and paced the floor rapidly. No, it couldn't go on. She must know the truth as the key of the one unopened room fascinated Bluebeard's wife. As the box fascinated Pandora, so this unopened yellow packet plagued and fascinated Doris Mather. She hesitated another long moment and then slipped off the rubber band and opened it, trembling so that the first leaf of paper came out in her fingers and fell to the floor. She picked the paper up and examined it minutely holding it up to the light there was nothing unusual about it no mark no sign of any kind that might indicate a secret mission leaf by leaf slowly at first and then more rapidly she went through the leaves examining each page back and front without success it was not until she was almost half through it that she came upon the writing four pages written lengthways in ink, with a line too fine almost for legibility. She put the packet down for a moment, her heart throbbing with excitement and incredulity, too apprehensive to read, in mortal dread of a revelation which was to change the whole course of her life and Cyril's. There was still time to close the book and go to bed, Why did she sit there holding the thing open, stupidly gazing at nothing? If Cyril, yes, if Cyril was the unspeakable thing of her doubts, it was time that she knew it, and no compunctions of honor should hold her with such a man. Besides, she had promised him nothing. Hesitating no longer, she held the leaves under the light of her lamp and slowly deciphered the thin script at first she could make little of it it seemed to consist of numerals which she couldn't understand but here and there she made out the names of towns the names of regiments familiar to her and a series of dates beginning in march and ending in may as the meaning of the writing grew clearer to her she read on her eyes distended with horror even a child could have seen that this was a list of the british forces under arms the proposed dates for the completion of their equipment training and departure for france when she had finished reading the written pages her inert finger slowly turned the blank papers over to the end there was nothing more god knows it was enough cyril The Honorable Cyril, a spy of the Germans." She sank low in her armchair, her senses numb from the horror of the revelation. Her thoughts became confused, like those of a sick person, awaking from a nightmare to a half-consciousness, peopled with strange, beautiful images, doing dark things of dreams. Cyril. Her Cyril. a By, what would happen now and which way did duty lie toward england or toward cyril she sat crouched on the floor in an agony of misery at the thought of cyril's baseness the package of paper clenched in her hand trying to think clearly for england for cyril for herself but the longer she battled the deeper became her desperation and despair the world seemed to be slipping away from her the orderly arrangement of her thoughts was twisted and distorted so that the wrong had become right and the right wrong she had lost her standard of judgment she did not know which way to turn so she bent her head forward into her hands and silently prayed there seemed to be nothing else to do for a long while she remained prostrate by the window her brain tortured, her body stiff with weariness, until she could think no more. Then, slowly and painfully, she rose and, still clutching the yellow packet, groped her way to bed, into which she fell exhausted in mind and body. End of chapter 4